0: Another episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast is in your life today. And here I am about a week later from seeing Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Let's be honest though. I'm going to refer to this as Ant-Man 3 from this point forward because (laughs) that's exactly what this movie was. And uh, it was exactly what I feared. It's exactly what a lot of people spoke about. It was exactly in terms of what other people thought. That this movie was just another Marvel movie. Nothing spectacular. Nothing grand. Nothing amazing. Nothing of that sort. Now, I know I'm getting myself a little bit too far ahead into this. But let's be honest. I didn't really have my hopes high for this one. I really didn't. I mean... Maybe I had a little bit of a, maybe a thought, some kind of silver lining that maybe at the start of Marvel Phase 5, after going through the horrendous shit of Marvel Phase 4 with everything that they're going on, from the bad politics to the bad writing, bad directors, oversaturation, and bad acting, well, not bad acting, but... You know what I'm trying to say. The same formula that Marvel has given us ever since Avengers Infinity War and Endgame ended, we continue to get this. And it really made me think to myself, when I come onto this podcast, when I do these episodes, how exactly do I want to portray this to you? How exactly do I want you to think in terms of what it is that I'm trying to say? Is it going to be spoiler filled or is it going to be spoiler free? And I'm going to go semi. And the reason why I want to go semi is because, let's face it, I only saw the movie once. I know there are plenty of times and plenty of occasions where I have seen a movie twice. One for me to enjoy it or, yes, one for me to enjoy it. The second for me to analyze it or vice versa. I'm not doing that. And honestly, I really don't want to anymore. This made me... In a way, get tired of talking about the same thing over and over. And I know you, as the listener, continue to get tired of hearing a lot of people bitch and complain and moan over something that Disney slash the MCU is really giving us. But that's not why you came onto this episode. That's not why you came onto this podcast. You came onto this podcast not only to listen to me rant, you came onto this podcast to hear my perspective of where we are when it comes to the entirety of the marvel cinematic universe and here we are at the start of marvel phase five with ant-man 3 ant-man and the wasp quantumania and let me go right off the bat and say it and i'm not going to sugarcoat in any way shape or form not a great start not a great start to phase five at all now Am I going to say it's the worst film that I've ever seen within Marvel? Honestly, no. I feel like when people say that this is the worst thing than Thor 4, or this is the worst thing since Captain Marvel, or the worst thing since Thor 2, I feel like when people say that, they're just doing it to bitch and complain. I know I do sometimes, but I feel like it's a recency bias that they're going through. And their expectations, even mine as well, were a little bit too high. So it's easy for them to say, oh, well, this movie was the worst thing since a a whole lot of shit or whichever. Or maybe they're right and I'm just not seeing what they're seeing. It's all subjective and it is what it is. It is what it is. But I'm going to get back to my train of thought here on this one. Not really a great start for Marvel Phase 5 in any way, shape or form. It's really not. I feel like, and as I just said, we have our expectations high in terms of where Marvel was going to go with. We thought, after the ending of Marvel Phase 4, that we were going to start off with a bang. If you remember, just a few weeks ago, I believe it was around last month or the month prior, where Kevin Feige and the upper management of Marvel literally did that entire breakdown, that entire timeline of the Marvel... Movies and shows that are going to be happening in the next couple of years. Now, a true Die Hard fan, or some people would call him a shit-eating wild man, would look at that and go, oh my god, this is awesome. This is, this is fucking amazing. I mean, you got the Secret Wars coming up. You got the Kang Dynasty. You got Daredevil. You got, you know, oh my, I can't even name off the top of my head, but you got all this stuff coming up. And then you think to yourself, yes, Marvel Phase 5 is gonna start off with a bang. It's gonna start off like fucking awesome. And then I remembered, and then it can occur to me Black Panther 2 was literally three months ago. Nothing has really changed, not the formula of marvel not the oversaturation not the joke scripts the joke scripts not the screenplay with hammering us with so much unnecessary humor the bad cgi the acting and forcing us down with so many characters it's just a ball of a mess at this point point. and to be honest after seeing this movie i don't think we're gonna get it back anytime soon Anytime soon, I don't think we're going to get it back. It's going to be very rare for us as viewers and fans of this product to actually find a decent show or movie again. It's very rare for us to do that. And it sucks. Because here I am thinking so highly of Ant-Man and the Wasp, Mania, And I'm thinking to myself, okay, something's got to give. There has to be something that's going to pull me in and just think, yes, this is what we needed. Maybe not the best, but this is exactly what we needed. And with the introduction of Kang the Conqueror, you would think, okay, this dude, he means business. He fucking means business. But no. Turned out to be another Marvel movie. The sad thing is... There were rumors just a few weeks ago that Ant-Man 3 was actually supposed to be a little bit more serious and a little bit more grounded, but someone of the upper management, someone in the studios, in the headquarters, maybe Kevin Fahey himself, someone said, no, we're going to do some rewrites, we're going to do some reshoots, and we're going to make this a generic movie like everything else that we've seen before. It's it's literally at the point where everything is just spinning on a wheel that we're doing the same shtick over and over and over. Now, why am I harping so hard about this? Why? And and I know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking, "Well, Garcia, you know, it is a Marvel movie. You can just enjoy it for what it is." I know I did. And you and you know what? That's awesome. That's great. Good for you. Kudos. Yeah. Have a cookie. Like that's awesome. Good for you. But as, a, but as someone that has actually been paying attention from the first movie from Iron Man all the way till now, there are drastic differences. There are drastic changes. And the fact is, with the exception of Spider-Man No Way Home, and I've said this before, with the exception of that movie that was a collaboration and a conglomerate of both Marvel and Sony together, we haven't really gotten a great Marvel movie since. If you truly think about it. And if there is, if there has been, I don't remember off the top of my head. I don't. It's how forgetful these things are. But let me not beat around the bush anymore. We're going to go into this movie and I kind of want to get my thoughts gathered here. So with that being said, let's take a small break, gather our thoughts together. We'll be right back right after this. So here we are, coming back, and we're going to break down the movie in its entirety. What I liked, what I disliked, and how exactly I would change the ending, at least in my personal opinion. First and foremost, let's go off with what I did enjoy. Kang the Conqueror. Jonathan Majors as Kang, we've seen him with Loki Season 1, even though it was a completely different character at that point with the titled, He Who Remains. And now we're dealing with a new king, He Who Conquers. And let me tell you. There was some sort of enigmatic presence to him. Where he didn't really... I'm not going to say he didn't take shit from anybody. But there was something about him that was menacing. Now it could be the long, traumatic pauses that Jonathan Majors was doing but in a way it worked with his character because when he was on screen there was just something about him where I'm like okay if this is the new bad guy which it which it is the the bigger bad of than Thanos that means you need to pay attention you need to pay attention and one of the best lines that I've ever heard him say and I'm gonna paraphrase here was when he was asking, Scott Lang Ant-Man when he was asking him for help and he was saying along the lines of if you don't do this for me I will kill your daughter and I will make you rewatch it over and over and over again that is some menacing villain shit right there especially when a villain wants to use your own loved one against you oh my god I mean, talk about Thanos when he wants to wipe out half of the universe. No, this dude wants to wipe out all universes, all timelines. Sadly, that was the only good thing or great thing that I actually enjoyed. Jonathan Majors as Kang can do some shit. Now let me talk about the bad things. Pretty much everything else. And I don't even know where to begin on this one. Let me start with the characters first. Scott Lang... Paul Rudd, awesome as always, he was great, he was great, that's all I can say, he was great, (laughs) it's so funny because I feel like, and I'm going to be jumping around here a little bit, but I feel like in my perspective, the third Ant-Man movie in a way was worse than the other two, at least in my opinion it was, I barely remember the second one and this one in my opinion, I feel like was worse than the second The thing about Ant-Man is the fact that what made that movie work, in my opinion, was the fact that it was a little bit grounded. The setting and the scenarios was perfect for a character like him. It was a heist movie and it had heart and, you know, passion, especially when it came to Scott Lang wanting to be with his daughter, wanting to be with his family, you know, getting mentored from Hank Pym and Hope at the same time, like... It, it kind of worked and it was something, it wasn't new, but it was new ish, at least at the time, because I really enjoyed Ant Man, not to mention Michael Sarah. God damn, they missed the complete opportunity to uh, not have Michael Sarah in the. My, is it Michael? I'm sorry, not Michael Sarah. Jesus Christ. Michael Pena. My bad. Wow. Michael Pena. Michael Pena in this movie. I, f- wow, I'm so mad at myself because I actually met Michael Pena in person before a couple of years ago, a few years ago. Oh my God. Actually, I'm going to be kicking myself on that one Jesus Christ Michael Sarah. let's be honest it might not be long until we see Michael Sarah in an MCU movie I mean we got fucking Bill Murray in this one holy shit but anyway Michael Pena I can only imagine of what it would have been like to actually have him be in a movie and it would be different like imagine him being the comic relief instead of What we got with M.O.D.O.K. Jesus Christ fucking M.O.D.O.K. Wow. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like imagine having Michael Pena's character in the movie instead of M.O.D.O.K. Or. Here's a different scenario. And like I said I know I'm going to be jumping around here a little bit. Here's a different scenario. Instead of. Having Kang as the main villain in this movie. Have him come out towards the end. Have the main villain be M.O.D.O.K. himself. Have the comic relief be Michael Pena's character. I completely forgot the name. That's why I keep on saying that. But have the comic relief be him. And have M.O.D.O.K. be the main character. And then towards the end. That's when you build up Kang. That's when you show Kang as menacing and dangerous as he is. Because I have to tell you. This is one of the biggest things that really pissed me off. This guy. This guy. Kang the Conqueror is portrayed to be the biggest, baddest dude that is worse than Thanos. And he explained in the movie that he killed other variants of the Avengers. And he gets taken out by Ant-Man and the Wasp. Let that sink in for a minute. This guy that's supposed to be one of the most dangerous villains in the entire world of Marvel period defeated the other Avengers like they were nothing and he gets beaten by Ant-Man and the Wasp when I saw it in the movie I'm like are you kidding me now granted I understand there are other variants of Kang's out there but this is Kang the Conqueror this is supposed to be one of the biggest baddest dudes ever and he gets beaten by Ant-Man Do you understand why that does not make sense to me? It's nearly equivalent to Game of Thrones Season 8 of Arya Stark defeating the Night King. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm like, it's not that it's improbable, but you're thinking to yourself, really? Out of all people, it had to be her? That's the same way that I felt about this. Out of all people to defeat Kang the Conqueror, It was Ant-Man and the Wasp? Really? Really? It's, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I honestly do not know. Granted, we've seen it now in front of us, but it still baffles that they actually made that decision. It's amazing to me. I think it's one of the worst decisions that they could ever make. Cause it makes him look like shit. It makes him if put it this way, I know I'm bubbling a little bit, but put it this way. If Ant-Man of the Wasp defeated Kang the Conqueror, the other variants I can't really take seriously now. Granted, I understand they are the ones that banished him into the subatomic world that they're in now. Granted, I understand they did that, but how easy is it going to be for the other Avengers to actually take them out one by one or as a whole if that now the secret wars in my opinion is not going to be viewed as seriously because of what transpired here in this movie do you understand the frustration that I'm trying to make here do, do you understand that I'm trying to make do you understand the frustration that I'm having right now I do I didn't buy it coming into this movie, and I still don't buy it. Even though I saw it in front of my eyes, I still don't buy it coming out of the movie. Now, let's get back to these characters. Scott Lang, pretty good. You, um, The three main characters, in my opinion, that had any shine to this was Scott Lang, his daughter Cassie, and Janet. Hope, Useless didn't even in my opinion didn't even have to be there until the very ending. let's be honest, did not really need to be there until maybe halfway or towards the ending. Michael Douglas's character Hank Pym, eh I mean he was there controlling the ants, the smart ants who somehow was able to live over a thousand years in this in the subatomic world. By the way, if they are following their own rules, Doesn't it mean that if they're into the quantum realm, that time would have changed drastically in the real world too? Yet, when they came back into the real world, everything was back to normal. Hmm. Kind of like you're breaking your own rules in terms of your own world that you're establishing, doesn't it, movie? Huh. Cassie, annoying shit. Honestly, she was annoying. Like, what happened to that sweet little girl that we've seen from the first and second movie where she was, you know, she was cute. She was like she was bubbly and she was, you know, this. And then in this movie, what is she? A political activist. Because, of course, we need to have that in a movie like this. (laughs) Of course, we need to have that. And the funny thing is where she was like, yeah, dad, they, they need help. And she was referring to other people, you know, that are less fortunate and, 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 and need saving. She was like, yeah, dad, you know, we, we need to help them. We need to help them. He's making her father who helped save the universe, who helped save the world, feel like shit and making him think that he's not doing enough. Who wrote this? Who wrote? How many drafts did you have to have? Jesus Christ. We got a 5 minute cameo from Bill Murray. Because of course. I mean it was cool to see Bill Murray. But he didn't really do anything to be honest. The other characters were useless. Like I said. The only ones that were pretty much a main. The main characters were Scott, Cassie and Janet. And I have to be honest. Throughout the entire first act, I was bored as shit. I was fucking bored. Throughout the entire time, there were um, they're asking Janet where they're like, who's he? Who's he? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, he's the one that conquers all, the conqueror. Yeah. Oh, you have to watch out for him. You have to watch out for him. And I'm like, spill it out already, fuck. Literally, I was bored throughout the entire time, and un- until Kang showed up, that's when the movie got interesting to me. I'm thinking to myself, you didn't think to tell your family about who Kang was. When you let me get this straight. You were stuck in the quantum realm for 30 years. You somehow uh connected to his brain, his neurokinetic ship that connects to his brain, and the movie should have done a way better job to actually show that this dude was ruthless. You connected to that. You fought against them, and you didn't say any of this or mention any of this to your family? Maybe warning them that something is coming, that something bad is in the quantum realm? Let me, and let me, since I'm still in the subject, since I'm still in the subject, since I'm still part of the subject, the quantum realm, what's so different about it, to be honest, with the exception of the fact that it's subatomic? Can you honestly say that it's any different than, let's say, a different planet from Guardians of the Galaxy or anything like that? Can you honestly say that it's different in any way, shape, or form to anything else that we've seen in the past? What makes the quantum realm so unique, so different? They can breathe air. There are, There's a civilization there. Hell, they went into a fucking bar. I mean, if you truly think about it, with the exception of Kang, you know, having his army, his legion, and whatever, the Quantum Realm could have been a great place to live. What's the danger? As long as you don't piss Kang off, what's the danger? Do you understand what I'm trying to say here? This movie didn't have any emotional weight to it. There, if you truly think about it, the stakes were not really high. With the exception of we can't let Kang escape. But yet they were put there because Cassie somehow grew up and learned to create this thing that connected them to the quantum realm. Where she got the smarts to make technology like that, who the fuck knows. Let's just go with this because it's in the movie. With no rhyme or reason for that to happen, let's just put it in the movie because it is what it is. MODOK, oh my god. How is MODOK that was made in the Avengers game more menacing and more evil than what we've gotten in the movie? Whoever decided to make him the comic relief really, really does not know anything about comics. Like, MODOK was supposed to be the sinister, evil character in Marvel Comics, and they made him into a joke. They made him into a joke. Forget about the fact that it was a terrible face of a CGI thing. Forget about that. No, like his character himself, I could not take seriously at all. But if there was one funny line, which I didn't think it was funny. And the more that I think about it, it actually, it is pretty funny in a sad perspective when it was towards the end and he was exchanging dialogue with Cassie. And she was like, don't be a dick. He's like, "Uh, I don't know what I'm supposed to be. Like, yeah, you can be anything. Just don't be a dick. And then (laughs) through the climax of the movie. (laughs) Through the climax. He, I'm paraphrasing here. Because I only saw the movie once. He literally comes out. And he goes against the person that saves him. Kang. He goes against him. And he's like. My name is Terran, And I'm not a Jaren. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like. This is so fucking dumb. This is so dumb. Like someone got paid a shitload of money to write that. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. This movie is... Again, I don't want to say that it's the worst thing I've ever seen, but God damn it. It is so close. It is very, very close. The fact is, this movie could have been... way. A lot of these movies that have been made lately, they could have been way better than what it was. And by God, it should have. But yet, in my opinion, they dropped the ball on this one. And I have to be honest, I have no hope for Marvel Phase 5 whatsoever. Maybe a couple of shows and a couple of movies here and there. I have zero expectations now for Marvel Phase 5 after what this movie has given us. I'm sorry. Sorry, not sorry. I hate to be a Debbie Downer. I hate to be that guy that is thinking negative and I should be that positive utmost guy. But hey, when you get burned way too many times and you don't have your expectations high anymore. It's like Mary Jane said or MJ, whatever fuck her name is from Zendaya. You don't have your expectations high. You don't get disappointed. That's how I feel about this movie. That's how I feel about Phase 5 as a whole. What I would have done, and we're going to end it on this what I would have done, and this might turn into a very dark way if you're going to introduce Kang the Conqueror, which they did, you need to have someone major die. Whether it's Ant Man, whether it's the Wasp, whether it's Hank Pym, whether it's Janet. Any one of those four, or two out of the four, could have died. Should have died. And let me explain why. Number one, you're establishing to your audience and to the characters of your movie that the stakes are higher than never before. And he is not above killing anyone. Not even the major characters that that this movie has presented to us. Number two, it would have given, if... Ant-Man and the Wasp, one or both of them, if they would have died, it would have given Cassie a lesson to be learned that yes, you you can help people. It is all about protecting the little guy, standing up for that little guy, and there is room to grow, but there always will be consequences to your actions. It would have had an emotional weight. It would have made the audience be a little bit more... Uh, sympathize a little bit more to Cassie it would have passed the torch from Ant-Man to Cassie for her to get ready to be part of the Young Avengers and we would make Kang the victor and even if he would have been defeated, which he was even if that was the case you still have, which the post credit scene actually told us and has given us there's still tons of Kangs out there But she realizes that she can't do it alone. She has to be smarter of the choices that she makes. And then acquire assistance. That I honestly would have been way better than what we've gotten. Because once again it establishes that the stakes are higher than never before. That something bad is coming. And we would have said goodbye to one of the major characters from the first movie that it was given us because let's face it the third movie of a trilogy it should someone major should have died but no everyone comes back home everything goes back to normal how is it that and even if that idea didn't doesn't work and my idea doesn't work at least i would give some implication on what we can to look forward to when it comes to marvel phase 5 as a whole this movie is nothing but filler to me i there's no way for me to sugarcoat that this movie was nothing but filler and the sad thing is we're going to get more movies like this now, is it the worst movie that I've ever seen? As I explained earlier, honestly, no. But it is among the barrel the bottom of the barrel. If I'm going to have to, you know, I thought about doing a number system, but I think I'm going to be doing a tier system, like four tiers, where it's like A, B, C, or D, where D is like the shit of the shits and A is like the cream of the crop, you know, things like that. I'm going to put this around like tier C or tier three. I'm going to put this in the tier three level. If Spider-Man No Way Home is tier one and off the top of my head, let's say Thor Dark World was tier four, I'm going to put Ant-Man in the tier three level. That's how much this movie is to me. It's like right there. Teetering in tier 3. Not the worst. Definitely not good enough to be in the top 2. It's sad. It really is. God only knows how many more movies we're going to be getting like this. But as I said earlier. My expectations are. Non-existent at this point. But. We have a new movie to look forward to now. We're going to go over to the DC sign. And a few weeks, we'll get Shazam! Fury of the Gods. So we'll see what happens with that. That's all we have for today on this episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 Podcast. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know that I've went on a hell of a tangent and a rant, but you know what? It's how I feel. You come here to listen to me tell the truth. At least my truth. And I would love to hear a counter-argument to anything that I've said. If you want to get a hold of me, you can hit me up, Voice of Garcia, on Twitter and on Instagram. It's Mike Garcia VO. And you can also hit my website, voiceofGarcia.com. Email me, Mike at voiceofgarcia.com. I love to read any fan questions, any fan mail or you know, listener mail or whatever the case may be. Let's have a conversation and I will answer any questions that you have. And if you want to call me a piece of shit, you can call me a piece of shit. It doesn't matter. I'm here to tell you what I truly think. And I don't know what's going on in the next few weeks, but I believe Shazam! Fury of the Gods will be the next thing we're going to target, and there might be something right before then. So, until then, next time, as always, you remember, when it comes to movies, games, news, reviews, or whatever the case may be, always remember, if you hear about it and you read about it, I then talk about it, controversial or otherwise. Stay safe. Till next time. I'm done. I'm through. Peace out.